0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, June 3rd, 2019. What's going on? How are ya? Hey, um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm here in New York City. We start the we start the movie tomorrow. So, uh, you know, little fuck. I always get antsy before I do those things, but then once I do a take or two, then I'm just kind of... I'm fine. So, and also today is my beautiful wife's birthday, which is a nice distraction. The family's in town. I'm no longer lonely. Uh, they came in yesterday. It was awesome. We have a nice little space here. So, I play this game either where I chase my daughter around or, you know, she does like the pony ride, but like, i used to do you know how you do the pony ride where you're crawling on all all fours but my left knee's too fucked up so i was like all right get on my back and we'll do it this way and then that morphed into let's do the fast pony ride so now i have to run with her on my back and uh yeah it's just there's no way there's no way around it i'm just old no matter which way i try to adjust it <laughs> she wears me out but um yeah, it's awesome that they're they're here in town. So, anyways, let's talk. Let's talk Stanley Cup Final hockey. Your Boston Bruins are up two games to one, two games away from winning the Stanley Cup, which would be the seventh in franchise history. And uh, they're two games away, but that is a long, long ways away. It's been a very strange series so far it's been a series of dominance whoever wins the game that night seems to have dominated like um i remember when the bruins won game one all my buddies would text me going st louis can't play with us you know they were texting emojis of it's going to be a sweep and um i saw enough in the first period of uh of that game i just knew that you know they're a big fast team and it, I, this is going to be a war. This is going to be a war. So last night was a weird game. I don't know. Uh, it's a little frustrating. I got to tell you, I was furious after game two. Um, not because we lost. I've just never seen a Bruins team look the other way uh, after that amount of liberties are taken after the whistle. You know, this is this new period where they've... All the I wish all the people that wanted to get fighting out of the game actually watched this series, you know, because that's what I always said. It's like they all these people were advocating, you know, getting the fighting out of the game so they could continue to not watch hockey. And, like, there's nothing wrong with the way St. Louis is playing, but the way that they're playing, back in the day, you know, we would have sent a goon out on the ice to settle everything down. But now you... There's none of that anymore, so the game that they're playing, which is essentially they play the lock, the, whatever, the left-wing lock or whatever, and then they're coming down the ice and running our goaltender. And back in the day, if you ran the goaltender, the, the second you did it, you just dropped the gloves because you knew somebody was going to come and try to beat the shit out of you, but that can't happen now. So I guess what needs to happen is then the ref needs to take his whistle out of his fucking slacks and... And you got to punish the team, but they've kind of let it go. And when they have taken the whistle out, they kind of have matching penalties, which has been really frustrating. But my buddy Joe Bartnick told me, he said, don't worry. All the Bruins have to do is keep playing their game, and they'll be able to get past it. But I am by no means comfortable. Um, I'm psyched we're up two games to one, but I, I am, you know, it was so weird. I mean, that game was essentially five to two. It wasn't, you know. It was an empty netter, and then a garbage time fucking bullshit goal. In the end, um, it was basically a five to two game, and I was really baffled how we were, how we somehow scored five goals when I felt we played the game eighty percent in our own end. And um, that isn't what I like. And the way St. Louis plays is you got to get up on them early because. They, You know, if they get up a goal or two, they're just going to fucking smother you with that boring-ass fucking trap defense, which I don't understand why, you know, you saw the NBA. They, you know, when guys got too big and too fast, the game got boring. So certain defenses were made illegal. And for some reason, uh, I don't know, they opted to get rid of the red line. Like, that was supposed to fix the problem. I don't know what, but... um, you know, I don't know. All I know is back in the day, the game that St. Louis is playing, they would have to be a way tougher team to play it. Um, like who's that guy number seven, Patrick Maroon? I mean, back the that, that guy would have got the shit kicked out. Well, I mean, I'm saying he would lose the fight. I'm making that assumption, but someone would have jumped him. Um, you know, with the bullshit that he's doing, but uh, that's just kind of not the way the game is. And I got to tell you, as a Bruins fan, forty fucking years, it's been a. I, I, I've never seen. You know, uh, we were never the fast team. We were usually the team doing the bullshit. So um, I know there's a lot of St. Louis fans. And we're like, dude, what fucking game are you watching? It's like, whatever bullshit we're doing is the reaction to what you guys are doing. You know what you're doing. You saw the San Jose Sharks the last fucking series. By the end of the series, a third of their team was gone from the way that you guys are playing. And, you know, let's be honest, man. It's, you know, we'll call it Chippy. (laughs) So, um, I, st- I, I still think that we, I, I really believe in my heart of hearts that we're the better team, but I still don't think that, you know, that means we're going to win, you know, when a team is going to play like a physical game like that because guys end up getting hurt. You know what I mean? I mean, it just, it's just the way it is. So, which I don't have a problem with that because the Bruins have played like that for fucking ever. It's just weird now. Um having watched hockey as long as I have to then not see somebody skate out and beat the shit out of that guy. So he fucking tones it down and everybody else fucking relaxes. It's really been a, uh, a weird thing. But, um, having said that, you know, the atmosphere was great last night, you know, before the game, it just, the game just got out of hand, but it was cool to see all those St. Louis fans that fucking excited. It really is a big time hockey, fa- uh, hockey town as much as their baseball team does so well. um, you know, they're definitely diehard fans. If you're a St. Louis fan, you are a fucking diehard fan. So you've been through it. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of just seems like it's going to be a back and forth so far. Obviously, this will be huge if we can somehow break their serve, you know, and win back to back here and go home three games to one. But uh, if they tie it up 2-2, I just I just see this thing going seven um all right i just hope no more of our players get fucking hurt um and if they do i think it might be time to fucking go down to whatever our fucking farm team is and just bring a fucking goon up and clean somebody's fucking clock like they did the other day and leave some teeth on the fucking ice to be like you know because like i said the, the refs aren't fucking doing anything um matching penalties is the best we seem to get um so anyways haven't said that speaking of as diehard as st louis blues fans are um i watched a little bit of the nba finals and the fact that they're calling drake a super fan <laughs> it's just like i i you know i know it's a business i know it's about money but that guy is the furthest thing from a super fan a super fan is there through thick and thin where the fuck is this guy been okay what kills me is up until like two years ago their super fan i hope i say his name or is that nav Batia? is that how you say his name no disrespect to that guy i love that fucking guy that guy has been to every single home game in the toronto raptors history he travels on the road. Dude, I remember we played them in the fucking playoffs. He came to the Boston Garden, and he was such a fucking good guy that, you know, even though he was wearing all his gear and shit, he's such a happy, good fucking He's everything a fan should be, his behavior and all that. He gets no screen time. All of a sudden, Drake comes in, who's a super bandwagon fan to the point he has to wear a fucking he's got to wear a fucking wristband or a headband on his fucking arm because he's got tattoos of the jerseys of the players on the other fucking team. And I I just like that guy is literally like the worst representation of a sports fan you could possibly have standing up the whole game you know when you sit behind you know that fucking asshole every time somebody takes a three-pointer they gotta stand up or stick their arm up with three fingers in the air like everybody doesn't know i understand if it's a big three-pointer and especially nowadays when both teams seem like they're going to take 23 pointers apiece this guy's going to get up 20 fucking times in 48 fucking minutes as i'm trying to watch the game behind him um going onto the court, getting into the faces of players, having arguments with them, and he is being, like, champion. Like, he's just this amazing fan. I even saw, like, Stephen A. Smith. Well, who's kidding who? I absolutely love Stephen A. Smith, but that guy does get a little enamored with famous people. He really does, because there's no way if that was some plumber – and he was getting in the face of fucking Steph Curry and that other guy who kicks you in the balls accidentally 58 times when he takes a jump shot. You know, if he was getting in the face and he was just some regular guy, Stephen A. Smith would have you know, you're a plumber. Sit your ass down. What are you doing? Learn how to behave yourself in public. He would go that way. But because it's Drake, you know, some auto tune singer who evidently has a cell phone, now all of a sudden this fucking guy can go on the fucking court. Um, I don't know. I think Drake has that performer disease, you know, where even if it isn't their show, he has to somehow be, he doesn't know how to behave if, if, if like when he walks into an arena, you know, it's just sit down and just have some popcorn and watch some of the best athletes on the planet. The guy's literally running his yap. Like, it's like Drake, how many points do you have? How many assists? What? what you're not in the game. I know you're wearing half a uniform, so you might get a little fucking confused. (laughs) I, I just, I don't understand. It's, I don't know, it's nauseating fucking behavior. I hate it back in the day when I was a Celtics fan and the amount of times they would cut to Jack Nicholson. It's like, I don't give a fuck, this isn't a Jack Nicholson movie. plus, when you look back and you see how many fucking Hall of Famers were on the court, I know he was part of the atmosphere and Diane Cannon, and it was the whole L.A. thing. Whatever. I guess they cut the famous people, whatever. But, you know, all of a sudden, they're, they're like, making plays. They're in, like, the huddle, and Drake's sitting there giving the guy a fucking back rub. I mean, it's just... (laughs) And Stephen A. Smith's sitting there going, like, if you don't like it, shut the man up with your performance. Um... Oh, so so then if, if any of us regular people go out and get courtside fucking seats, like it's okay for us to do what Drake's doing, I can just go up to a coach and start giving him a back rub. I can start yelling at a player and, and picking lint out of their fucking hair. I can do that. Like, that's okay. You know, if the other team doesn't like it, then shut me up and score more points. Um, like I said, I love Stephen A. Smith, but I disagree, and I think he's just getting a little enamored. With this guy's fame i uh, It's ridiculous behavior He's a total bandwagon fan With tattoos of, other, of players From the other fucking team on his arm The fuck out of here If you want to see a super fan It's that Nav Batia guy Okay, that guy That guy is an ambassador That guy is tremendous Tremendous fucking human being All right, And I'm sure when he goes to karaoke he, They don't have to turn on the auto-tune for him Alright <laughs> um anyways how far into this why does this screen shut off huh i never know where i'm at okay 13 minutes in i got my new recorder here everybody that has the ability to plug a microphone in the bottom i don't know how to do it it's the uh the olympus ls100 i don't know how to do it so i'm gonna have to go down to that b and h where i bought it right down on 34th street see if they can help me out which by the way i actually posted a picture of their business in um on my Instagram. That is the best run business. Them in like triple A. Triple A's. Barnick says it's Barnick always talks about AAA. So this is the best fucking run business in the middle of nowhere. Middle of fucking nowhere. You call them and they're in like fucking ten minutes. It's unbelievable. With a battery, whatever the hell you need. Um, flatbed truck to, if you get flats or whatever, get your fuck out of there. That and BH. If you ever need electronics, man, and you're in the New York City area, go to them. They have everything, you know, they have a zillion employees. Everybody is knowledgeable about their section. They can help you out. It's like the reverse of Best Buy. Where Best Buy, you feel like, like, was there a plague and I somehow survived? Like, where the fuck is everybody, you know? All you do in Best Buy is walk around and ask other regular people, do you you work here? And they're like, do I have a blue shirt? You're like, no, but you have blue eyes. And at this point, I'm desperate. I was hoping maybe you were on your break, but you just started your fucking shift. Um, B&H, totally um, knowledgeable. And then I love they have like this way where no one can shoplift. They literally have like almost like a, they bring the luggage out at the airport. Like you never touch what you buy until you've bought the fucking thing. It's genius. I absolutely love it. Every time I go in there, I'm like like fascinated. So, um plowing ahead here as I wait for like I'm I'm actually because it's Nia's birthday. She's let me uh because she's a fucking saint here, sneak out and do my podcast. Uh, but then again, you know, the podcast helps to buy birthday gifts. <laughs> um the hell am I saying here so I'm starting this fucking uh, this movie tomorrow and uh, I gotta you know I gotta stay in movie shape here so I got me all these these you know she wanted a cup she likes cupcakes better than cake you know so she wanted the cupcake for uh for her birthday so I gotta sit there and pass all those things out watch everybody eating them as I sit there eating a fucking Mediterranean salad <laughs> chickpeas and cabbage. But I gotta tell you something though. It sucks the first two bites, but then you eat it and it's because it's so nutritious, it's just it gives you this fucking energy. And then I see everybody afterwards they eat a cupcake and then they're kinda laying there, you know, they got the itis, as Nia it told me about, Charlie Murphy and all them back in the day. Um and I feel great, so uh, I don't know. If you see pictures of me, you'll see that I am uh, I'm a little underweight, but that's kind of what you have to do when uh, when you do these fucking things. You just you just have to be, you know. As much as all the fucking ladies are always bitch moaning and complaining about the shape they have to be in, it it, it applies to men too. Where it's like you're either the fat guy. Well, you have to be in shape when well, you can't be like middle ground generally speaking you know what i mean i mean you can't be a fat guy but then you're just gonna play the fat guy they're gonna be fall down and break a fucking table you know and you know i didn't go to acting class to do that so um anyway um so i've been walking all around new york and i'm just at that age man i gotta get like fucking inserts and shit i did find a place where i can go play drums i've been having a great time doing that and uh like i said i just i just want this goddamn thing to start finally it's starting tomorrow and uh you know this goes back to the day like whenever i used to have like a like a like if i was doing letterman or anything like that like a big fucking gig I remember just sitting there and just being like god i just wish i was going on now let me just go on now and get it going so um i'm very excited to start tomorrow and we've been doing a lot of rehearsals and uh it's just a great bunch of men and women on the sh- on the shoot so it's it's going to be a lot of fun i am hoping hopefully i don't go in and fuck it all up mm. get fired and get replaced and all that bullshit. um all right well you know something the advertising hasn't come yet so what say i do a little bit of uh i'll do a little bit of uh i'll do some of the reads here for the week some of the reads here for the week oh by the way i've been like taking the subway which verzi i was hanging out with verzi right and i smoked a cigar with him and uh he had come down he's doing a day on the movie and he left his car in some parking garage and it turned out it was closed for the night so he had the fucking crash at my apartment So I go, all right, no biggie. So we walk across the street. It's hilarious. I know he hates the subway. So I start walking down the stairs, and he's just like, we're taking the subway. He almost he almost like broke into hives. Like (laughs) there's two types of fucking people in New York City. There's people who take the subway, and then in their head, they're like, someday I'm gonna get to a certain level and I'm never taking this fucking thing again and then there's other people who are just like the subway's great it's the easiest way to get around town even with the delays and all that shit and then like you know i don't i love the subway because that's where all the people are you know you get to hear the music you get to hear the arguments you see what people are wearing you go through the different fucking parts of town you see the people getting on get off it's a fucking education um you know, you see, see people screaming and yelling. You see interesting things where somebody comes on and he starts begging, you know, right before you get to another stop. And he's in the middle of he just finished his fucking speech. And then someone comes on, else comes on and starts begging. And it's like, oh, wow, we got two beggars on the same fucking car. What happens when they meet? Is there some sort of um, unwritten rule that I came here and begged first? All of that shit. The musicians. I love it all. I love it all. Verzi, on the other hand, not a fan. Verzi's, uh, Verzi likes leather seats. He likes air conditioning. And he just goes, yeah, 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 Bill. Yeah, I like that stuff. I like that stuff. I just kept I kept telling him he was soft. Like, Verzi, you're soft. You're the kind of guy who goes to the gym. Who, you just go downstairs. You put on a robe, and you you go right in, and you take a steam. <laughs> The man, I've known the man for 12 years. I've never seen him pick up a barbell, ever, ever. He he just goes down, oh, God, oh, yeah, and just goes into the steam. Oh, my God, oh, God, it's unbelievable. Uh, but that's also why I love him. So um, it was—I got a big kick out of taking him down, and then of course it was hot as shit, and the thing was late, and I was just you know pretending not to notice him, but I was just getting totally entertained watching him getting like frustrated. And when we went to get on the subway car, he had this look of worry on his face that there wasn't going to be any air conditioning. Like he was literally breathing heavy. And he came in, and the second he felt like the AC just getting, oh. <laughs> I just started laughing, and then he laughed. Um, plus, the subway keeps you in shape, too. You know? You're walking up all those stairs, all of that type of stuff. I don't get it. Verzi likes taking a fucking steam. I mean, well, take a nice free steam down fucking the subway, waiting for the subway in the middle of fucking June, July, August, yeah. Steam away and You get rid of a lot of the toxins As you sit down there Um Anyway Haven't seen a lot of rats down there This time around I saw somebody's hat It was a douchey hat too And it actually made me happy When I saw it laying on the tracks I was like I wonder if somebody slapped it off Or that was just the god of stupid hats You know Putting that guy in check Just fucking knocking his hat Onto the goddamn Tracks or whatever Uh um, um, and I'm not gonna lie to you. It was a part of me who wished the person jumped down and went to go after it. I'm not saying I wish that they got hurt or anything, but scared and had to run between, you know, the uptown and the downtown, and sit there on the other, in between the two third rails, freaking out. All right, I think I've talked enough about that. Let's uh, let's uh, let's do some of the uh, some of the reads here for the week. Uh, Manscaped. Oh, I'm sorry. These are the. Uh, These are like when people just write in whatever the fuck you want to call it. All right, here we go. Let's see. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing admissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at Toyota.com/slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places. What we got here, manscaped. Uh monday morning podcast listeners oh this is the uh this is the advertising uh manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers pressure uh, precision engineered tools for manscaping with the right tool for the job yeah remember back in the day all of a sudden when trimming your ball hair was a uh became a thing you take out your clippers <laughs> And you'd nip the old ball bag there, right? Evoking the memory. And and it was all scary. Like, oh, my God, I have a nick on my ball bag. If I put a condom on, can I still get AIDS? Remember that? Uh, Evoking the memory (laughs) (laughs) of nicking your ball sack while manscaping emphasizing the perfect package 2.0 kit that features the lawn 2.0 with skin safe technology this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts oh my god please tell me that you have dvd extra footage of people trying different prototypes out screaming in agony before you finally got the one that was safe because i would imagine you guys had to have an adult conversation about all the different kind of ball bags right high and tight, low and slow uh, you, you got you got the Liberty Bell you know what I mean you got the uh what, what do you call those 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 oh my God well what's when one balls up and one balls down I'm trying to think like uh is there an exercise machine you know <laughs> You deuce, I don't know what the fuck it's called Oh what is the reference That would have been legendary If I could come up with that reference off the top of my head I can't even think It's some sort of Nautilus machine You got the Nautilus ball bag You got the low and slow Right the big dipper you might call it Okay you got the high and tight Right support the troops Uh You got the lazy dog you know Hanging over to one side And uh I don't know what else she got so i would imagine you need all different types of attachments right she's an old guy would probably throw out his fucking back trying to trim his ball here um it's also all matted against his balls because it's got toilet water on it i'm sorry it's also 100 waterproof so you can use it in the shower don't use the same trimmer on your face that you use on your balls precision tools for your family jewels ah that's genius i love that your balls will thank you get 20 percent off free shipping and a free travel bag with the code it says xx at manscape.com maybe it's burr b-u-r-r give that a try you know there are some ladies out there that don't like to go downtown unless all the all the pollution's been cleaned up you know what i mean after a nice rain or some shit. So, I don't know, it might increase your blowjobs if you actually fucking, you know, trim the other side of the fence there. All right. (laughs) Policy genius. There is a widely held belief that procrastination is a bad thing, but life isn't so black and white sometimes procrastinating can work in your favor favor for example if you need life insurance but you've been putting it off congratulations you've managed to procrastinate long enough for technology to make it easy that's right and you live too huh you bet on yourself and you won uh policy genius is the easy way to shop for insurance online in just two minutes you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. No sales pressure, no hidden fees, just financial protection and peace of mind. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also can help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. So, if you need life insurance, but you've been busy doing literally anything else, uh, check out Policy Genius. It's the easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for you. Policygenius.com. Nobody wants to shop for life insurance. That's why we make it easy. Well, I can tell you this. I, you know, having finally got life insurance, if you're a married fella there, all right, and you do have loved ones and all of that, um, I know it sucks to deal with your own mortality, but I got to tell you, you know, once I did it, um, you know there's 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 a fucking relief you know knowing that everybody's going to be okay because unfortunately i've seen you know i've had a lot of friends die and they didn't have their affairs in order and it becomes this extra fucking nightmare so god forbid you check out um it would be nice to know that you know everybody is taken care of you know and then also once you get your affairs in order there's no real reason why your wife can say you can't go out and get that motorcycle that you like huh the Indians are back. You know, Harley's making a nice ride. Or maybe you're a MotoGP fan, huh? I missed the race today. It uh, takes him a few days to upload it. I'm going to watch it. But it seem, I already know what happened. But it seems like a ridiculously exciting race. Um I know, uh what's his face? Ended up, who the fuck won it? I don't even know who won it. Um Was it DeRozan? Not DeRozan. He plays on the Raptors. Vizioso came in third mark marquez was in second and then is it petrucci danilo petrucci danilo petrucci oh that's great an italian won the it came in first and third valentino rossi had a i don't know something happened to him he went off the track i saw and then he uh ended up crashing out of the race but What are you going to do? It happens. It happens to the best of them. All right, let's do the last read here, if I can find it. Live read. Okay, stamps.com. Always bringing up the rear, huh? Always coming in at the end of the goddamn game. Stamps.com. You know, no one really has time to go to the post office. You're busy. Who's got time for all the traffic? Parking, lugging all your mail and packages. It's a real hassle, man. That's why you need stamps.com. Why am I yawning so much? I've been getting nothing but sleep. One of the most popular time-saving tools for any small business. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money uh, with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the post office right to your computer. Whenever you, whenever, whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with these. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in burr that's stamps.com enter burr all right there you go so there's the reads now when the fuck am i going to get your goddamn questions for the week oh for the love of saint pete you see that? I got to watch my fucking mouth and my kids around, huh? I, didn't, I just cursed right there. I'm the worst. Um, anyways, maybe I'll take my wife for a walk or something like that where I wait for the damn reeds to come in. Um, or maybe I won't. I've been going around. I've been doing nothing but spots out here in New York, and uh, I've been putting together my new hour. And I got to tell you, it started off a little rocky. Ah! Sorry. And now it's 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 moving along. I um, I actually went up at Gotham the other night, uh, went on second to last, went on after Rich Boss, who fucking murdered as always, and uh, tried out my new abortion chunk. And all of the shit was working. The Michael Jackson shit, all the shit was. I don't tell you all my topics, but everything was working, riffed on a few other things and uh this is literally it's literally my favorite thing to do in the world um other than hanging out with my wife and kid uh my favorite thing in the fucking world is writing the new hour um and just bombing and being silly and stupid and doing the whole self-deprecating thing just putting the whole fucking thing together and i got a feeling that i'm gonna have such an awesome time on this movie And that I'm going to have at least 45 minutes of new material right as my special comes out. And then I have the leftover shit that we didn't use. So I'll have a an an hour that I'll be really proud of that I can go on the road and not feel like I'm fucking ripping people off. But I'm thinking maybe I'm going to do a couple of comedy clubs. Um, You know, there's rumors that the punchline in San Francisco might close. But I heard uh, Dave Chappelle. Molly was saying that Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, went in front of some, I don't know, politicians out there to try and save the place. So it might get saved. But uh, either way, I'm going to try to get out there in August and just do as many shows as I can. If the, if the old girl's going to get shut down, man, that's like one of the most legendary. If they can start a petition out there to save it like. um I don't know. I feel like the punchline in San Francisco, that's that's literally like sacred ground. Um, and we have lost some big ones. The punchline in Atlanta was a huge one to see that one finally go. Um, I loved, loved, loved that club. And um, the punchline in San Francisco, that was like the dream that was a dream to go there they had this big competition out there the san francisco san francisco international comedy festival and all the comics that i loved before you know i got into stand-up it all seemed like they all went out there and did well like the dana Goulds, and uh one in particular uh who unfortunately just passed away was uh maria falzoni and i remember um I just remember she uh, she had that credit, and uh, I don't know, man. Like she she was just a beast of a comic, and she was always super nice to me. And I remember uh, it was funny. I was so walled off when I started. She came up and gave me a hug, and I, I didn't even know what to do. And she just laughed. She goes, she goes, Bill Burr, Jesus Christ! She goes, I got to teach you how to hug. And she had, like, that openness about her, so I I wasn't, like, walled off or whatever. And I actually became a better hugger, like, knowing her. And I remember she was, like, one of the few, like, female headlining comments. Like, Boston was just really, you know, overly testosterone and that shit. And she just held her own and would fucking murder and was an absolute sweetheart. And um, I actually tweeted out a... um, Linked, she does a whole speech on she got cancer it went away and then it ended up coming back and um i can't even wrap my head around this she just knew you know there was the doctors told her there was nothing that they could do she had a very rare form of liver cancer that she called there was two types the kind that you could cure and then she said the dick suckered kind <laughs> and unfortunately she got the second kind and um I, she actually you know just knew she wasn't going to make it and then she just decided how she was going to go out and she went out to california which has that law where um, our mercy law whatever they call it where they'll take you out and you literally choose the day And she chose the day when she was going to die. And I had friends of mine that called her up to say goodbye. I mean, it's fucking hardcore, man. And it just really says a lot about what kind of person she was that she could do, that she could go out like that. Because I was talking to other people. I would be like, I I would just be kicking and screaming going out. Like, I I don't know how somebody has the courage to do that. But, you know, her stand-up act was like that. So I I have a link you know to it um on my twitter page it's pretty uh pretty inspiring and definitely puts things into perspective because i wasn't i knew that she was sick but i didn't know she got sick again and uh, i had been complaining about some stupid bullshit you know which is half my fucking podcast and i you know and then seeing her story being like jesus christ i was bitching about this and she was going through that shit there so anyways rest in peace to maria and uh, another, Jesus Christ, hacks live for fucking ever. <laughs> That's all I can say. They just fucking live forever. Um, and I'm still alive, so what does that say about me? Um, oh, so anyways, uh, to tell you a little bit about this movie I'm doing, I am playing a firefighter. And uh, we actually went I was it Randall Island, Randall's Island or something, where they train all the fucking, you know, New York Fire Department. And they actually had us go out there and they had the buildings, one of the buildings that uh, the Dennis Leary Foundation donated. Thank you to Dennis Leary. He actually helped out some actors. And we went in there and they lit the fucking place up and you had to go in there with your fucking mask on and all that shit learned a lot of shit (laughs) in one day first of all how heavy that goddamn gear is it's ridiculous and like it's like there's two fights there's the first there's there's a fight just getting to the fire like the shape that the people have to be in in fact i saw the i had all the the uh the probies is what they call them, the new ones, you know, jogging around. It looks like a military operation, like a platoon of them going by. There was this one woman, like, leading the platoon of the probies, and I looked at her, and, dude, the ease with which she could have just picked me up and slung me over her fucking shoulder or thrown me across the fucking room. Like, the, the shape that these people are in is ridiculous. So we're all a bunch of fucking actors, and, um the first fire was on the just the second floor walking up two flights of fucking stairs with all this shit on. Like I was having like heart palpitations and, and then it was like, all right, get in there and put it out. It was like, I dude, I got to fucking, <laughs> I can we let this thing burn a little more, man? I got to fucking get my shit together. And they had, it was really cool. Like all of this stuff, like you, you, when you hose the fire, you, you go in circular motions clockwise Because for whatever reason, God knows I don't have a good science, math, physics background. If you go counterclockwise, you draw the flames at you. So, And and when I tell you we were only in there, we were in there all of 30 seconds each. And uh, walked back down the stairs, and it was just like, I don't know. You know they have all these different workouts now? When you just see people who are in killer shape, there's like the boxing workout You know, remember, uh, what was that guy who had the fucking, the Taibo workout, the UFC workouts. And I got all these people like lifting up big tires and throwing them because they want to be in the shape of a USC fighter without taking any hits to the head. You could literally have the fireman workout, you know, and all it would involve, it would be is you buy all the fireman gear, you put it on, and then you just start walking up and down the stairs in your house. (laughs) And watch the pounds fall off of you. Uh, I got to say for firefighters, obviously already had a tremendous amount of respect for what you do. Okay. Uh, but now seeing how difficult it is. And fuck, you know, it's just like, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. And they had one, we went in there and we were like, like the second time you did it, you had to walk up three flights of stairs. I literally thought I was going to have a fucking heart attack. You went up three flights of stairs, and then you were crawling around with the mask on, which is really, you know, they asked people if they were, like, claustrophobic or whatever. But whenever I feel feelings like that, I just kind of, I just chill, you know? And I just go, like, all right, this isn't a real fire. <laughs> this isn't even real smoke, Bill. This is movie smoke, okay? If you have a problem, you can just take the mask off, and you'll be fine. So it's very easy. So we went into this room, and it was just like, it was just pitch black and you just you crawl one guy goes one way the other guy goes the other way and you're crawling around your hands and you feeling along the wall and then doing a sweep with the other hand trying to find you know the dummies that they 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 put in there and uh like i just can't imagine going in there it's an actual fire there's people in there every second counts whether they're going to live or die or or have you know moderate damage to like life-altering you know brain damage from lack of oxygen and then thinking about your own family the the amount of shit that you have to block out is uh it's it's yeah it's a whole other level because it's you know sometimes you know they send you on these acting things and you just start thinking to yourself like jesus christ this is like you know this is one day on the movie you know this is really hardcore for one day on the movie and then when I was in that room crawling around, it's like, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. So this is for when I do this. I'll have all those thoughts in my head, <clears throat> which will add to what you're doing. You know, I'm a comedian. I don't understand acting. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this out loud, but um, it's it's like, oh, okay, that's why they didn't. I came out, and that's what I, I I really started thinking of. Like, wow, I can't. If that was a real thing i would be thinking about my daughter i would be thinking about my wife i'd be thinking about dying and like i would think the first time you go in there and then you gotta be like wait a minute wait these are all bad thoughts fuck this shit i gotta block this out i have to just you know do my fucking job in here um i don't know tremendous amount of of respect and also you know a lot of uh firemen are also cigar smokers you know, you see him hanging out in front of the, the fucking firehouse smoking a cigar. And I got to bit, you know, there's very few jobs that seem cooler than uh, being a stand-up comedian. But um, I talked to a lot of these firefighters and it's like they want to work. It's like I was talking to one. He goes, look, off the record, he goes, I don't want anybody to get hurt, of course, but you want shit to catch on fire because you want to go work. You get the adrenaline going. It's fucking exciting. And uh, they were saying how there's not as much work because the way the buildings and the fire code and and, uh, how Manhattan and and Brooklyn and all that, like all the money here now, and these are investment properties, but like back in the day when a lot of these guys I talked to were working, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, you could buy a building for nothing so there was no money in them and these fucking things would catch on fire. There was a lot of work, I guess, back then is is what I learned. So um, anyway, for some reason I'm not getting the fucking reads here for the week uh i gotta hit pause here i might have to finish this thing because i just want to waste you guys time and babble for like another fucking 16 minutes here so um anyway the shoot starts tomorrow very excited about that so hopefully when i come back on here i'll have some uh, some of your emails here for the week all right All right, I'm back. I'm back. I got the reads. And, of course, they just disappeared. All right, let's read this one here. This comes from Trailer Trash. Dear Billy Board Brains, uh, what do you plan to do while hanging out in your trailer while filming your fancy movie? <laughs> Are you going to master French, read any good books, or just jerk it to basic cable? Love your redhead. Go fuck yourself. Um well i imagine i'll be learning my lines i think well the first day up i have uh we're shooting two scenes and i'm in both of them so i won't be uh i won't be mastering french reading any books or jerking off Um, i hate to disappoint you but um i did go out and i bought a drum throne uh a snare stand and a, a practice pad to keep my drum chops up um and i brought my french flashcards and that type of stuff but uh you know i bring like healthy food to the set and i don't bring a watch and i don't bring my cell phone down there so um i think i don't know just how i work i i fucking you know i've i've done acting gigs where actors are, are looking at, at fucking social media right before you know they go okay everybody you know hit your mark and they fucking put it away and it's like i just can't see how that that helps your performance so when i go to uh when i go down there i i don't have a watch and i don't have my my phone i leave it in the trailer and i just look at it like i'm at a casino like i don't know what time it is i don't care to know what time it is i'm just here you know to do this job and all of a sudden someone taps me on the shoulder and they say, Hey, we're breaking for lunch. I'm like, all right, must be the middle of the day. And I find that that uh, that works best for me as opposed to fucking going on Twitter and reading the latest thing somebody's offended about and then i get all worked up about that and then the scene is completely different okay you're really mellow in this scene remember this is you just came out of a spa you know and i'm two seconds later going oh what the fuck you can't say this fucking thing now you know i that's it's just not good for me so um but if there is some like downtime um yeah i think uh i'm gonna some of the shit dave elich taught me about because i kind of haven't gone to him in a minute and i've lost some of the technique that he taught me that was awesome so i think i'll just be doing that um all right great question though great question all right jeopardy james hey billy Baldfuck, love the podcast but that mouth breather who wrote in about james didn't do him justice oh this is the guy who can't be beat on jeopardy jeopardy james is a degenerate gambler from las vegas and it definitely shows he bets all his money on double jeopardy and doesn't break a sweat uh you know what's funny about the word degenerate it always precedes gambler it's never degenerate alcoholic degenerate wife beater it's always degenerate gambler, right? We've talked about that. It's like ornate. It's always an ornate theater. Ornate is never used unless you're talking about a theater. Uh, what's crazy is that early this early this year—I think you meant to say earlier—earlier earlier this year, Alex Trebek was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh no, pretty much a death sentence. He said, "Fuck that! I want to stick around." Until this James guy beats the record. Now, Alex is almost in remission and his tumors are about 50% smaller. James has made Jeopardy the number one game show, uh, makes six figures a day, beating teachers, librarians, and professors. I gotta tell my wife about this. He's trying to beat the all time record for wins. He's second right now, and to add insult to in- injury, he said he learned everything from children's books. <laughs> I think he's just. I think he's playing a game there. He's psyching out his opponent. Definitely check it out and do a show in Reno again. Me and my wife love your comedy. Thanks and go fuck yourself. I love Reno. I absolutely love that place. It's one of my favorite places to perform. Um, highly, highly, highly underrated city. Um, it really gives you a look of what um, I don't know. Kind of like what those West towns used to look like. I just love you know how you you would. When, how they used to try to stop people driving across country was they would have a big fancy sign like Bakersfield, Fresno, all those California towns have them. And they'd have a little slogan, you know, like Reno's what is the biggest little town, town in America or something like that. I love that shit. Um, all right. Girl used to weigh 300 pounds. Um, all right. Hey, Billy, butt munch. <laughs> I met this girl who apparently used to weigh 300 pounds. She has lost 100 pounds in a little over a year, so I never saw her at 300. She's 5'10 and still on the high side, but she's, ter- she's determined to keep losing weight. I'm 6'3", 175. Jesus Christ. Bony son of a bitch. And don't really date heavy women. So here's what well, you are now. So here's the thing, though. I'm in a two-year rut and 32 i've been trying lately to get myself back out there and the girl does seem really cool and i don't really want to wait for her to lose more weight before trying to ramp things up because i'd come across as really shallow well isn't this like shallow hell this whole fucking uh email but i don't want to end up with a fat chick yeah dude there's nothing wrong with that either and this whole fucking you know women don't want to end up with a fucking loser you know what I mean? You don't end up with the fat chick, you know? Because, you know, you set yourself up for heartache. You're going to fall in love with her, and then she's going to fucking drop of a cardiac arrest at 50. That's the fucking thing about this whole being proud of your body. It's like, uh, you know, okay, I get that. But you realize just because you're proud doesn't mean you're, you're, you're fucking, you know, your vitals are ecstatic about that double cheeseburger you're about ready to eat, and especially if you have kids. You know, you got to get the fucking weight off, man Man, man, or woman. Um, should I assume she will keep losing weight? Assume she will stay as she is now or gulp? Should I proceed as if she'll eventually put that weight back on? She has a pretty face and some potential. If possible, I'd love to hear what the lovely Nia thinks. Um, yeah, she's not here right now. She's just celebrating her birthday um, without me, so I need to wrap this up. I, I would... S- I don't do This is a really weird way to go into a relationship. You're not really saying what you think about her. You're just talking about how she looks. So if you have issues with fat chicks, I wouldn't fucking get involved with one who could potentially become fat again because you're going to break her heart. All right? If you're into her as a person, I would say proceed. All right? Um, But if you're not, then I would leave it alone simple as that simple as that but i'm looking back here the shit that you said she does seem really cool you're in a rut i mean it just sounds like you want to go out and get laid and you're trying to fuck somebody in the best shape as possible to be honest with you um if you were trying to get back out there to you know think i'm finally ready to settle down and find somebody you know you know unless this chick's getting in shape so she can get a bunch of dick then maybe you guys are on the same page i don't know you guys will have to have that conversation All right, relationship, education, uh, and blowjobs. Hey, Wilfred, I've been listening to your podcast since 2010. I'm 26. Isn't that amazing? That means you were 17 when you started. Is that right? Did I do the math right? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I think the podcast emails has helped me avoid making mistakes through college when it came to relationships. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, I just wanted to say that the blowjob email is a classic case of a lot of things that you've talked about. All right. So last week, somebody or the other day, somebody wrote in, was talking about how they married some woman. And now that they're married, this, they found out that this person does not like to give blowjobs, which is really high up there on shit you should have discussed before you got married. So for all you guys not engaged, you, you know, you got to have that conversation. All right. Talk about how many kids you want, how you want to raise them, religion, whatever you want to do. Then at some point, you just got to make the hard left and be like, all right, let's talk blowjobs. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? You liking it? You're not liking it? Frequency. Talk about blowjobs. All right. The biggest lesson I've learned from you could have helped him avoid this. Parentheses, unless his wife just totally 180 which happens is communication is everything that's right to get what you want you have to know what you want and that takes time so don't fuck up figuring out what you want by being distracted with shit you don't you know, this is pretty. Uh, this is pretty deep. Twenty-six-year-old to know all this. You're on the right. Tr- I wish I knew all this when I was 26. He said, "I dated a few girls that wanted more, and I could have fallen into the trap of changing in certain ways or ignoring things I knew I wanted in life, i.e., where I wanted to live, or what pipe dream I wanted to pursue, or what my type of girl is." (Parentheses: athletic.) Yeah, there's nothing. You, you have to be totally selfish when you're looking for somebody when you're single. You know, ask for everything. That's what, you, that's what you need to do. All right. I dated one girl who never blew me. We had sex for four months, and she never once went down there. Who am I to change her? I just moved on, and we ended amicably. Thanks for all the advice. All right. You listen to this person? This person is becoming a Jedi in the game of life of what they want yeah male or female listening to this there's no fucking reason to settle i think that's what i had a problem with this guy talking to the girl who weighed 300 pounds at one point it just seemed like he was settling it seemed like he wasn't in a confident place in his life i've been in a bit of a rut and i need to get back out there and then at that point you're just using the other person um you know, I mean, it, it also, it all depends on how you come at them. I, I'll tell you right now, you would be surprised what honesty does for your sex life. Um, women are not as closed off. They enjoy sex too, okay? But they also enjoy knowing where they stand the most. And men have a horrible reputation of lying to them and playing fucking games and then they end up getting hurt. Not saying that women, Jesus Christ, they're like the fucking kings of manipulation. They don't, they don't do their bullshit. But I'm just saying, you know, you got to know what the other person is thinking if, if you're going to be able to figure them out. And that's their bullshit. So you'd be surprised, you know, where is this going? You need to go nowhere. I'm not ready for a relationship, you know. So what? You just want to fool around with me? Yeah, I think you're gorgeous. I would love to fool around (laughs) with you. That's fucking, that's it. If they don't like it, then you're cool with it. And I don't know. I don't know why that works or why it did work for me. I don't know how that works in a post-Me Too fucking era, but it used to to work for me, and look at how I look. Uh, I found the more honest I was and the more upfront, all that shit that I thought would make someone run in another direction, they actually found it uh, borderline quaint like oh my god honesty i remember this i remember people used to be honest with me when i was younger before everyone was just trying to fuck me me or whatever all right women uh women's response to wife won't blow him oh this is great we're getting both sides of the fence here all right thank you for doing this i wish more women would write in like this uh so people wouldn't be at the mercy of my ignorant thought uh i felt compelled to write into you about this um, I don't listen to your podcast religiously, but my boyfriend asked for my opinion on this topic. And let me tell you, I have an, I have a fucking opinion on this. All right, buckle up everybody. She's going in. Uh, She writes, I fucking hate when women just air quote, decide that they don't like giving blowjobs and just won't do it. What do you think the rest of, do you think the rest of like, What? Do you think the rest of like giving blowjobs? That's the sentence she wrote. I really wish she wrote the... She spell-checked here. Um, How fucking selfish do you have to be to think that someone you're better than... Oh, my God. I was so looking forward to this. How fucking selfish do you have to be to think that somehow... Okay, you're better than, let's say, 80% of the heterosexual female population sucking dick is part of being a woman and being in a heterosexual relationship you don't just get to quote not like sucking dick put on your big girl panties and fucking do it like the rest of us jesus christ ladies is it that fucking bad my god at least it's fucking on the outside you go down on a woman it's like fucking working on a van Half the engines under the front seat there. Um, <laughs> we all pay taxes. No one is above that. And if you're a woman, you suck dick. Period. Sorry for the rent, but I knew if anyone would appreciate it, it was you. All right. Well, here's the thing. I don't want. I wouldn't want someone blowing me because they felt like it was their job. I'd want them to be into it. If they're not fucking into it, then then it just it feels weird so then it's just like all right forget it forget it and then that's something that i want you don't want to do it so we go our separate ways um as much as i agree with your passion on the subject i would just say that if you don't like doing that then you need to bring you need to bring it up before the guy says i do um yeah i don't like doing that i mean jesus fucking christ uh yeah, that is, that is not a smart way to run a relationship. Uh, if you're going to be in a relationship with a guy and you're not going to blow him, then, you know, I mean, okay. And, you know, you're a modern woman, so obviously you're not cooking or cleaning either, and you're not blowing me. And so what exactly are you going to do? I, I don't understand. Like, you know, and I know all of that sounded misogynistic, but, like, you know, for some reason... All the female shit is, like, misogynistic. They don't have to do it, but I'm still supposed to fucking hold the door for you, defend your honor, pay for everything. And all of these fucking bullshit women out there sit there, and fuck that, I'll fucking split a check 50, oh, yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah. They all talk a good fucking game. They all talk a fucking good game. So, um, you know, I'm not saying stay at home and not live your dream or anything like that but like you know i love cooking for my wife cooking for somebody is one of the greatest fucking things you can ever do and we have a rule in our relationship okay if she cooks i do the dishes if she cooks for me i do the dishes and everything gets done but to just fucking be like you know i'm not fucking cooking for you at all go fuck yourself fend for yourself i'm not fucking blowing you I'm not doing laundry. I'm not doing any of this shit. And it's just like, okay, so then I have to do all of that? We're not even splitting this 50-50? Dear fucking Edith Wharton, uh, why don't you and your hairy muff take a walk there? (laughs) Um, All right, you knew it was going to end there. Doesn't it always end on some level of fucking ignorance? All right, that's the podcast for this week uh very excited to get started working tomorrow and uh it's an amazing cast and everything so uh i am thrilled and i'm also thrilled that a few times you know i think like once a week i get like a day off so that's the night i can take out my lady and i can go out and go do a little bit of stand-up and act like a fucking idiot and then the next day i get to wake up and act in a movie again you know how great how great is my fucking life and the boston bruins are, are two games away from winning a Stanley cup, uh, it's a long two games away. I am by no means, like I said, writing off the St. Louis blues, uh, that game that they're playing, they got that fucking thing down. So we shall see. We shall see. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. And I'll check in on you on Thursday. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing admissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six-plug hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids that's why toyota's position is electrified diversified empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you so shop learn more and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero toyota hey let's go places